Welcome to Nonstop Rock Talk. I am your host, Tyson Bryden. On today's show, I am very happy to welcome back, I believe for the third time, for Midnight City and Tiger Tail singer Rob Wild. Rob, how's it going? How are you doing, Tyson? Good to uh, be back on the show. Yes, thank you, man. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure having you on because we always get into a good rock talk. <laughs> It seems so. <laughs> a good hair rock talk, I guess you could call it, right? We we sure do, mate. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, I, I mean, in terms of today's show, I think we have a really cool one. It's going to be fun. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk about Midnight City. Um, I understand there's a few things happening, one being the vinyl release of It's You Can't Scratch, which has was released last year. Um, on CD and so and uh, Amazon and uh, Apple Music and all that stuff, streaming sites. That's what I was looking for. So, what's the status on that vinyl currently? Right. Well. Well. Finally, finally, the vinyl is 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 uh, is finished, and uh, we actually had uh, copies arrive. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, not yesterday. The day before yesterday. Um, so the, there was a, like a major delay on on the vinyl. The vinyl initially should have come out when the album came out back in June, but um, we're hearing from other bands it, it wasn't just us. It was a massive backlog of pressing plants and stuff like that. Um, but the good news is it is done. Um, we received uh, the albums. Uh, well, we we got the album sent um, to us from the pressing plant to sign. Uh, the other day, which have now gone gone back to our record label, and they're going to be going out to people who have pre-ordered uh, copies. Um, the vinyl looks absolutely incredible. It was so so worth the wait. Uh, gatefold sleeve, uh, translucent red vinyl or silver vinyl. So you got the two options there. And uh, yeah, it, it was so worth the wait. Yeah, uh, you know, it was, it, it was it was definitely worth the wait. So uh, they're they're out now. And um, so if you long story short, if you pre-ordered one uh, last year or or even you know at the end of last year, earlier you know at the start of this year, um, the actual official release date is March the fourth. Uh, but you should have your vinyl copies before then. Um, so I know that our label is going to start shipping them out probably uh next week um so hopefully people will have them so they should definitely have them by uh you know on the actual official release date um and uh yeah if you haven't ordered one already um the, the you can still do that if you just go to roulettemedia.uk which is our record labels website and you can just order them uh directly from from our label so uh yeah so it's been a long time coming but it's been, it's been well worth the wait that's for sure that's awesome it's gonna be a surprise for me because i can't remember what color i ordered <laughs> <laughs> okay like, well, so so i'll know when i well, get they, it yeah they both look good they both look good 
So, uh, cool. yeah. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. I just got an email from the label or the person, at, I guess it would be the person at the label the other day stating that they were going to be coming soon. So, Oh, that's great. That's, that's great. Exciting. Yeah. That's very exciting. It's it's one of those, yeah. it's like, it's going to be like Christmas because you're like, oh, I ordered that last year. I totally, it's not like I forgot about <laughs> it, but it's just it's like, like a, what's that? Sorry. It's like a nice surprise, right? Yeah. It's well, I mean, I ordered, I ordered that slaughter fear no evil reissue too last year, I think around the same time and it still hasn't arrived. They're having pressing issues as well. And it's, yeah. and it's like this whole box set, right? So. Yeah, I I, th- I think there's a lot of issues with the like, the pressing. You know, it, I I thought it was just us, and then I kind of I started speaking to other bands, and it seems to have been like a, an issue, uh, a global issue, issue. You know, um, just with everything that's been going on last, the last couple of years. So it, it hasn't really been uh, our record label's fault. It's just kind of, you know, there's just been delays on literally everything. So, uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, you know, better late than never, as they say. You exactly. Know? <laughs> yeah, I know the tough the tough reissue was delayed for some time as well. Um, right. Of what comes around goes around, but it finally came and it, it looks awesome too. So I, they, good, like good. you said, they are well worth the wait. Once you get it and you get, because the tough was gatefold as well. And you open it up oh. and you're like, Oh man, this looks so awesome. And the lot vinyl looks great. And then you put it on and you're like, okay, this is worth it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I played mine for the first because I, I got a copy myself. So I, I figured I you did. Played. I was going to ask you that actually. Yeah, I play. I got a, 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 the the red the red vinyl and I played it for the first time the other day and it, and it sounded great. So <laughs> yeah, awesome. I'm very happy. That's good. Now, did I, do I understand that the earlier releases are going to be reissued or re-released at some point? Yeah, yeah. So so what we what we've done. Um, we, we've got a, a tour actually which which kicks off um this friday a uk tour um so we, we're kicking off uh in birmingham on friday um we got a six-day tour kicking off and um to kind of tie in with the tour basically w- what happened was um on 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 the itch can't scratch uh, album we switched labels so the first two albums came out on aor heaven which is uh, a german label and then we switched labels to roulette media for itch account scratch so uh in the process of that we gained the rights back to our first two albums nice. and um yeah which is always good yeah and uh, basically basically long story short i mean we haven't actually had obviously you can stream the albums everywhere but we haven't actually had physical copies of um cds of our first two albums for quite a long time for, for probably up maybe a year and a half and and even when we were going out last year we, we managed to tour in august last year and you know people were coming up to to our merch table and, and buying t-shirts and and continually asking you know why don't you have the first two albums and we're like well we we sold out of them you know a year and a half ago um as far as i'm aware aor heaven don't sell them anymore so the only real place you can get either of those first two albums is really on ebay right uh and they're going for like stupid money on ebay some of them are anyway um so we thought well let's let's do something about it especially with the tour like i said that we're starting on friday and and following on from that i mean we got a ton of stuff this year we, we're going out to europe and doing 
tons of festivals and we're here there and everywhere so we said look we, we've got to reissue these cds so we decided you know let's just do it ourselves so um yeah we've we've reissued both cds uh but both cds have two bonus tracks on each on each on each cd so basically we've added the uh the Japanese bonus track to the first album and There Goes a Neighborhood. And then at the end of last year, um, we went into the studio and and recorded two brand new songs. Uh, and there's one, a, a brand new song on each album. Um, just to kind of like, you know, a little added incentive to people that might, may already have the albums, you know, it might be worth buying them again like i i've literally just bought um the 45th anniversary of destroyer did you <laughs> i was I, thinking I about know. buying that yeah and i think you know I, I remember buying it and, and thinking on my way home i'm sure i've got this this <laughs> this album on about eight different versions <laughs> right now but but we kind of cute. that was the kind of reasoning behind it i said well yeah. you know you know um by putting two especially by putting two brand new songs you know that you know they're not acoustic songs are full-on you know full studio recorded songs we're thinking that could kind of like you know not not only because the cool thing is with this album we've actually had some people of uh, i don't know where they've been but people who've just discovered us on this album and are kind of backtracking and, and didn't realize that we had two albums out before so hopefully we're going to tap into those people and then also people that maybe already have been with us from the beginning but might want to buy rebuy the cds you know for the, the extra tracks yeah and um the two tracks came out so good that we um that we actually shot a video for a song called rock and a hard place which is on the there goes a neighborhood reissue and that video just came out um last friday so um well, have to you know like literally in. like four days ago yeah it's it, it just just search for it on youtube rock and a hard place and that's uh that's um the like i said that's um the new track on there goes a neighborhood and it was kind of like a cool way of us to kind of put out the fact that you know we've got some reissues out there and also to, to kind of promote our upcoming tour and our upcoming uh uh, shows this year you know so initially in terms of in terms of ordering it because we've had a ton of people get in touch with us initially um we're just selling the uh this the the cds at our shows uh on this upcoming tour which ends at the end of february um but at the end of february then we will be um, for sale they'll be for sale okay, yeah cool. so we've had an absolute ton of people from all over the world um because obviously like i said we're doing it on our own this time the the, the reissues we just ordered enough cds to kind of get us through the get us through the, the tour to sell on the tour but once the the tour is done then we're going to be reordering the cds and we're going to be able to ship cds all over the world so so if you want a copy uh, best thing to do is just, just get in touch with us on, on Facebook or via midnightcity.com and um, at the end of February we'll be in touch with you and then we'll we'll kind of, um, you know, you can put in an order and we'll, we'll send them out to you. So, yeah, so it's, it's quite exciting because we've got that coming up, we've got the tour coming up and the vinyl and we, we've actually, you know, gone from through all the, the COVID crap, we've, you know, not been doing anything to actually we're, we're really busy again, which is good. That's good. That's great. And... I think the very first time we spoke was during COVID. So we haven't talked before COVID. You know what I mean? Like when right, things were right. actually ramp, when you were actually out playing and doing gigs and whatnot. So 
So this is exciting for me to hear that you got that you're out. You're going to be out playing again. I'm I'm happy to hear that. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you, mate. It's been a long time coming. I mean, we 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 were lucky enough um, last year. Uh, when the album came out in June, uh, we did get out and we did a, a six-day tour in August of last year, which was kind of like our first time going out playing um, for kind of like a well year and a half or whatever. And then we did a couple of shows at the end of last year, just kind of like one-off shows at the end of last year. But this is kind of like our first time going out again um this year and uh yeah it's going to be just looking at the dates now i mean we're going to be really busy you know we're going after this tour we go off to um god we we have we have hard rock hell festival out in in ibiza in spain and we do uh we've got a festival in germany festival in france uh tons of uk stuff um I'm missing a load of things off here, but there's a That's lot going great. on this year. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. We kind of make it up for lost time, you know, so it's going to be cool. That's amazing. So the album, the, the last album has done well. Did it do well in Europe then? Yeah, it's been it's been doing great. You know, I mean, it's been uh, it's been received really well. I mean, um, the reviews for this album have been phenomenal, to be honest with you. Um I think probably the the best reviews that we've had, um, and it's been doing great out in Europe as well. So we're we're really excited to, uh, especially do. There's a really cool festival that we're doing in September, uh, which is called, uh, I believe it's called Indoor Summer Festival in Germany, and uh, that's a great lineup. There's some some big heavyweight names on that one um and uh yeah we're doing other stuff like i said we got a really cool festival like in france as well and uh it's it's been it's been doing great everywhere you know and there's talk of us also uh going back to japan uh and also australia um it won't be this year but it'll be hopefully hopefully next year i think the plan is to do them kind of together kind of do japan then australia or vice versa you know in kind of like one trip um, so that's been mentioned and that's certainly in the works for 2023. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be kind of, like I said, gone from doing nothing to suddenly being very, very busy. So that's amazing. <laughs> One extreme to the other, you know, yeah, no kidding. I think, I think, I think that's the way for a lot of bands right now. Right. Um, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Which is good to see because, you know, um, hopefully people are going to get out and go see live music. I'm sure they are in the same boat as the bands wanting to get out and, and seeing people play. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd really hope so. I mean, I do know that, the, that there are people, I'm sure it's the same in the States. Um, they're a little bit nervous about coming out to gigs and stuff. And, uh, but it's kind of, I think we're going to be dealing with that for a while with people, maybe not as many people coming out uh, as normally would. But we're just hoping, like you said, I mean, every, we've pretty much been imprisoned for yeah. pretty much two years. Two so. years of prison. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine most people want to, you know, come out and rock, you know, so that's, that's right. what we're hoping for, mate. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Now, this is a good segue into our next topic, Tiger Tales. Uh, what is the status with that band currently? Um, well, we have. Uh, let me think. Uh, we we did we we did actually play um, two shows at the end of last year. Um, the the band prior to that have been pretty uh, inactive, really, for, for for quite a while. Uh, but we did play um, two really awesome festivals. We we played uh, the Hard Rock Hell Sleaze Festival in. Uh, 
in August of last year, which is a, a really big festival over here in the UK. And um, we, we uh, headlined uh, that festival in front of, uh, I think it was like 4,000 people. It, it, it was great. It was, you know, a big stage. Um, what, what a way to kind of come back and, and uh, sort of conquer, you know what I mean? Yeah, After being no. away for a while. So so we did that one. Then we played another fest, a similar festival um, at the end of, um, sorry, the beginning of November of last year. Um, so th- those were the, like our first two shows in, in about three years, I think it is. So uh, we got back to do, to, to do those two last year. And uh, yeah, there's there's a few things coming up uh, this this year. Uh, we've got uh, another, like I said, Midnight City's out in France, but Tales Tiger Tales also have a, a festival out in France. And I think the plan is to do a couple of shows around it. Uh, that's it. The, the the France festival is in May, and I think there's talk of us doing. Um, maybe a show in in Belgium and uh, and maybe a show in Germany, and then there's also talk of us doing some Italian dates as well, um, which are in the works at the minute. Um, so hopefully they they'll be announced soon. So it's kind of looking like uh, we might be doing some st- you know a few things next year. Um, so I'm I, we're, in terms of Tiger Sills, it's, it's kind of really all just about what what Jay. Yeah, uh, Jay Pepper wants to do. You know, it's it's his baby, it's his band. So, so he calls the shots. So, you know, if he doesn't want to play, then we that we don't play. We but don't then play. when he yeah. kind of every now and then, he it's almost like he gets the urge to go out and do some stuff. And uh, and obviously, we're more than happy to uh, to jump on board and uh, and go out and play. So uh, hopefully, this year we will we will be doing. Um, uh, we got a little bit of a taste of it at the end of last year, so it's it's looking like we're going to be doing some stuff this year. So, Excellent. yeah, it'll be great. That's awesome. Um, now it's funny. I did not realize this. I didn't realize that when you joined the band in 2012, you joined as a guitar player. Then you mm. switched to bass, and, <laughs> and then you became the singer. Now, would you ever give up vocal so that you could? get the last part of that in and become the drummer <laughs> <laughs> well you know you know what's really funny is i almost became the drummer as well no uh, so I got re- yeah it's a really funny story for you um yeah i mean I, w- I was initially brought into the band through ace fincham who was the uh, the original drummer right yeah and uh ace ace left after the 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 uh the first tour that i did with him he kind of went off and he wasn't happy, so he 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 left the band. But it, it was through Ace that I got in the band. So you know, I'm still friends with Ace and stuff. We, you know, I, was, I speak to him quite a bit on Facebook and stuff like that. But long story short, yeah, I joined, like you say, back in 2012 as as like a rhythm guitar player, and uh, we were. I can't remember where we were going. I think it was Italy. Um, I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Italy, but we were all kind of at the airport. We we're all. As usual in the bar, you know, before the nice, <laughs> waiting yeah. to board the, the plane. Of course, <laughs> we all we'd all had a few drinks, and then um, we we all get on the plane, and um, I, I I was walking with Ace, and I don't know what had happened, but between the bar and the gate to get you know to get on the plane, he'd lost his passport. Oh no! And, <laughs> and obviously the uh, the stewardess wouldn't let him on the plane without his passport. 
and he was freaking out because he had no idea where it was and and we were all already late because we'd been drinking in the bar yeah. so i think we'd had like the last call you know the borders you know for passengers blah 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 so yeah. we were we were all we we were like look we got to get on the plane so we were all sat on the plane ace ran back to the bar to try and find his his passport uh, and this is a true story. Uh, so, so we're at this point. Um, there's no sign of Ace, and they shut the actual door of the airplane. No. So the bands, you know, the the, the four guys are on the plane with our two ro- roadies, uh, two road crew guys, and um, and Jay, and we're all just like, well, what the hell are we going to do? You know, we're, we're literally going to fly to Italy and land, and we're not going to be able to play because there's no drummer. We don't have a drummer. So I just kind of like leaned over to our, our road because I was new in the band. I, yeah. you know, I didn't really know the guys that well at this point, but I kind of tapped the road, the roadie, Jay's guitar tech and said, oh, well, you know, I, I, I actually play drums, so we, we could probably still do the gig. So almost like this sense of calm went around the plane. Uh, and then unbelievably, um, this, the, 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 uh, the pilot made this announcement, which I mean, this is, I don't think has ever happened ever in my life, but he said the plane was going to be delayed because they needed to put a new tire on, no. <laughs> on the plane. And in that time, the half an hour that it took, um, that enabled um, Ace to miraculously find his passport and he was allowed back on the plane. <laughs> Where was it? <laughs> and that's like, I, and all the time, so he came down, so he he comes down the aisle of the, of the plane all flustered and he sits down next to me and I'm like, where, where the hell was it? And he was like, dude, it was in my jacket all the time. <laughs> oh my like, God, really? And it, it had slipped down into like the lining of his leather jacket. And I'm just like, oh my God. And it was really only due to the fact that, I mean, when does that ever happen, you know? But if it hadn't been a fact for, the, the, you know, the, a new tiny to fit in on the plane, uh, we would have took off and I would definitely have played drums for Tiger Tales for, for, for those gigs. And you would have done it all, eh? I mean, that's uh, yeah, crazy. Exactly oh. Right, yeah, exactly, mate. Oh, I sounded it's Canadian. Gone, gone, on his, <laughs> gone on his true story as well. It's, it's quite funny, but yeah. That yeah is, it would have been quite amusing. That is funny. So, so I just recently picked up the vinyl of Young and Crazy. There's a guy that I buy vinyl from here who's about two hours away, but um, he always gets awesome stuff. I don't know where he gets it from, but I don't ask that question. Um, So this album's kind of like one of those cult status releases. Uh, It's hard to find in North America. Um, And I mean, in terms of covers, this one is, it's kind of, it's that definitive 80s cover. And it's cool because when you look at it, because it's a mirror, right? They're sitting on mirrors i guess it looks like and then if you flip it over you get the reverse shot of them looking down on the mirror which is kind of cool yeah yeah it's a it's, yeah. it's an interesting cover and then and then the animation picture on the inside it's just it's a total awesome looking 80s album and it's funny because with tiger tales and i might have told you this before in canada we got nothing i think i saw Maybe an ad, a guitar ad that Jay and Pepsi had done for a guitar company, maybe, or something like that. And I was like, who the hell's this band? I mean, they look really cool because it was, you know, the days of Poison. This was like uh, 86, 87, I would say. What year did that album come out? 87? Yeah, 87, yeah. 87. So, yeah, so it was around that time. And I, 
And it eluded me for years until eBay came along and I was actually able to find the CDs on eBay. So that was early 2000s until I had actually ever gotten to hear Tiger Tales, which is crazy. Yeah. So this thing is, I was really, because <laughs> I have the CD, but I was really pumped to get this and put it on. And, and like, I was like, this is so cool. It's just one of those really, do you have this on vinyl? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had it on vinyl when I was um, like a teenager. Yeah. I had the kind of like the original uh, obviously not. Well, I mean, I was, you know, I'm obviously not as old as the other guys. Yeah. But I was like, I was like in '87. I was like 10 years old. So I was 12. Uh, I, think I, I think I got. Yeah, I think I think I got um, young and crazy when I was probably about 13. I think. Um, but yeah, I do have it on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those. Is it? Is it? Was it hard to find in Europe? No, no, Europe. It, it was. I mean, the thing with with Tiger Tales was that. Um, I mean, in in the in the UK, they were they were a big band. They right. were a big band. Um, not so much on the Young and Crazy album. It was more on Berserk. the Berserk album. Yeah. yeah. So Young Young and Crazy was. They were kind of like almost like this this cult glam band, really. That kind of at the time. Um, they were they they i think that if i remember rightly how they got signed was i think they sold it was some something like that i think they sold out the marquee in london like three nights in a row without wow. a record deal wow. uh so they had no record deal so instantly that i think that was how they got signed and they were they had a big feature in kerrang magazine and you're, you're right you know it was a time of poison yeah you know was 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 big and you know they looked exactly like poison you know so it was kind of like the uk's even though i know you know jay pepper <laughs> absolutely hate, hates poison and and you know he's <laughs> not a fan that? of that but but whether whether he, he does or not that is how that that band was viewed yeah. you know by people and that's how i viewed how it, it was viewed that's how i viewed it you know yeah. it was like oh my god this is like a especially on that album that is totally how they were marketed i mean if you look at that album cover that is like a, a, a variation of it you know and and it's funny because I picked up, so I, I went through my Tiger Tail CDs today too. So that's the only one I actually have on vinyl. A buddy of mine, the guy I buy those from, has Berserk on vinyl. Um, mm. I've never seen that. And I looked on Discogs and I was like, you know what? It's actually reasonably priced and I may eventually pick it up because I'd be curious to hear. Do you have that one on vinyl? Yeah, I do. That that was that's a, a gatefold sleeve as well. That that's really? the, the packaging. The packaging on that is great. Uh, when you open up that album, the the actual picture of the guys in 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 uh, in, in the middle of that vinyl is just uh, like the coolest picture, you know. Um, and I remember is you know getting that again because I I got Berserk first, uh, which came out in 1990, and then kind of again kind of realized that okay they had this album prior to that which was young and crazy but yeah just opening up that berserk gatefold sleeve and just when when you see the picture you'll get what i mean it's just one of those you know, huge pictures that just kind of as a especially as an impressionable kind of teenager just grabs you almost like looking at kiss or yeah you know whoever it is it, you just like whoa who are these guys you know what i mean and and that was that was the the bigness of the impact that you get you know from them and uh yeah, they were great, you know. I mean, um, and they well, they still are. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little bit biased, but yeah, no, you no. know, as as a, as a teenager, I mean, I absolutely thought they were they were they were 
the coolest, you know. I thought they were such a great band. I mean, I'm excited to get that vinyl because even that picture on the front is so captivating. It's such a great photo on the front of Berserk. It's just a great, yeah. great album cover, right? And I, I would assume that is Kim Hooker on the cover. I think yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, that's Kim. And uh, apparently, um, and of course, this was the days before Photoshop and all the rest of it. So that's that's a real picture of him. And, and, and he's wearing like red contact lenses. Yeah, yeah I know. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's not obviously, you know, it's not Photoshopped or anything. That's like a, 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 a real picture, you know. So, that's, yeah. And that's what makes it interesting about vinyl. You look at that and the vinyl makes, you know, that bigger the bigger picture, right? On of the course, vinyl. And yeah. then that gatefold, like you mentioned. I mean, the packaging, I would, the packaging, yeah, the photos even on the inside of the CD are, are really well done. So the gatefold, would that be that full band photo? That's yeah. Is, yeah. Well, they're kind of in, they're, they're, they're kind of like in a sort of like a warehouse. Sort yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. So the that's a gatefold. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So you open that up and, you know, you see, see that picture of vinyl size, you know, it really, that picture really pops, you know. That is cool. That's very cool. That's awesome. I will have to, uh, I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy it. Um, yeah. now, now, getting back to now the original, the original lineup and the original band. Now, there was a CD, which I have also called Original Sin, which is, I believe, is the original demos. Yeah, that does. That was always a bit of a, a mystery because um, I don't think Jay was very happy about that. Um, the, it, it's all kind of shrouded in mystery as to where that CD actually comes from. Really? Eh? Um, so I don't want to say anything because I, I'm not sure. You yeah. know, there's rumors that it might have come from certain ex-band members. I don't know. Um, but it is, um, as far as I'm aware, yeah, it, it's the the original demos. Uh, um from uh, the Young and Crazy album, um, because I, I believe, again, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe the album was recorded twice. twice. Yes, I believe yeah. that too. Yeah, and I think the original Sin uh, CD is the original, they're, they're the original recordings, and apparently the, the Young and Crazy album was then just completely re-recorded for a second time, which wow. is the... the you know the the album that officially got released so yeah where, where that actually came from i don't know that kind of surfaced sort of um you know a while ago um it's probably maybe like 10 years ago or yeah, something it's you know what it's dated then. 2004 i believe actually right? oh right so yeah quite yeah. quite a while ago yeah it's on majestic rock Right, yeah, which is which is a, a a label I'd never heard of. So, I mean, somebody clearly had the original files and stuff. And I know, I know Jay's mentioned it before, and so it's it's definitely not come from Jay. So it, it it's come from somewhere. Somebody's got those um those original files, and uh, yeah, and and somehow made some sort of deal with whatever label it, like I said, whatever label it's come out on. Um, yeah, it's, and uh, yeah, I, I mean Stevie James writes the liner notes, so I would assume that's where it ah. has come from. Right. Well, that would make sense. That would make sense. Makes yeah. total sense, huh? That's an interesting one. Now, in terms of performing songs live with the band, how does Jay go about picking a set list? Is it the is it a majority of the Berserk material? Um, does he kind of mix yeah, it up? It, 
It, it's kind of <clears throat> yeah. The, the majority of the set list is is berserk because that was the album that was really big in the UK. I mean, that was um, a top forty album in the UK, which is sort of unheard of really for for a rock band, especially for a, you know an English rock band. Oh, oh sorry, a a, a a a band from the UK. Right. Um, you know, a, a top forty album. That's that's pretty cool. So. Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, when we go out and play, we probably play, I mean, just, just for example, on the, the last two shows that we played last year, uh, we play um, eight songs from Berserk. So it's, it's pretty much the entire album. Apart, In fact, you know what? I think it's all, every single song apart from Action City. Right. For some reason, we don't play that one. But apart from that, so we play the entire Berserk album um we usually play about four songs from young and crazy um and then we'll play um a few of the newer songs uh all the girls in the world always gets in the set list which is great because I, I i wrote that song for uh, the blast album yeah uh that's the only one that tends to make it off the blast album and then we do a couple of the heavier songs from um uh, the Wasbones album. Oh, like, was, uh, really? Dude. You do do the something off Wasbones? Okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I was never really into that album myself, so I, I, I do have a copy of that on vinyl. Oh, you which do. Was, um, wow. Yeah, that one. That one was actually that. That was kind of weird because that was. Um, that well, was reissued. Yeah. In I think it was an Italian label because we were out in Italy. Um, and I think it was like 2016 or something like that. We did a little Italian tour and the guy from, I can't remember which label it was, but he actually came to one of our shows with the vinyl. Um, so we all got a copy of Wasbones. So I presume it's some Italian label that put that out. Now, which version um, of Wasbones? Is it the one with the second lineup or is it the one with... Uh, you know what? I'm I'm not sure which one it is. Uh yeah, I, I'm not 100% I, sure. I think the, the the original one was was in a vault somewhere. They always call it the vault. And then on yeah. Thrill Pistol, they released it as a bonus CD on Thrill Pistol, and right. which, which I have. And then I have a copy of the Wasbones album. With the band, did they change the name to Wasbones at that time? So, yeah, I, I think so. I was kind of like, I, I uh, to, to be honest, as a, as a fan, mm -hmm. I kind of checked out at that point yeah. because I wasn't really, you know, it's no, I mean, it's not saying anything bad about it, but it just, that's just not my thing, you know, and it's kind of, it I, was I was, when they, it went, they went really heavy and, yeah. and they did a complete 360 and it was just wasn't what I was into. So I kind of, as far as I'm aware, they changed the name and uh, I, 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 probably around that time it was kind of like when I sort of lost interest in the band a little bit if I'm honest um, yeah and it's, but it's it's a weird one because then on Berserk 2.0 they re recorded those <laughs> a bunch of those songs again so there's technically like three different versions of of those yeah. songs out there of some of those songs yeah. you know what I mean it's such a weird it's such a weird thing um, yeah, I'm not sure who, I'm not sure which version it is that that the, the the vinyl copy that I have, but um, I know that it was definitely kind of reissued again about about 2016. Okay, and I think we play um, 
Uh, we definitely played Dirty Needles off, which I think is a Wiseborn song. It is. It's and, the second uh, song. Yeah, so we definitely played that in the set. And um, Tear Your Heart Out, I think, is that. Your, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a great song. I yeah. actually love that song. Yeah. So we do, do like those two song. we do we do those two songs off uh Waz Bones as well. So uh, but yeah, it's sort of for the most part occasionally we'll drop the odd song in, but for the most part that's pretty much our set, you know. Wow. Well I have the Waz Bones C D. Um I believe it's on Mercury from Japan. Which is but there's no OBI strip on it, but it's still cool. I think I got it on eBay. And I was, I was like, because I had never heard the album when I bought it, and I got it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of those. Uh, it's almost like one of those holy grail finds as well, because it's. It. I mean, at that time when I got it, it was probably mid two thousands, and it was hard to find. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So it was cool. Um, now. Now, another interesting one is uh, Bonsai, which is more or less a collection of B-sides and re-recorded songs and whatnot. I understand. Yeah. yeah, and I always, I was like, when I first got this, I was like, they're doing Creeping Death and Peace Cells. I was like, wow. <laughs> that's Yeah. That was interesting. I'm like, okay. But I guess it shows a little bit of their versatility and they like getting heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yeah well it was they, they were like you said they were mainly b-sides because i know creeping death and p-cells were on the um they released um song heaven which is off the berserk album yes as a single in 90 well the album came out in 1990 i think heaven the single came out in 91 and it was uh, those two songs were on the 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 12 inch uh, EP that okay. they put out so it was Heaven and I think it was maybe a live track and then on the second side was uh, the two Metallica and Megadeth cover covers yeah. and I remember buying it and thinking what the hell is going on here but I mean yeah. they did a great job of both did. songs they did a great actually. job I agree and yeah. and I think I, I prefer Kim Hooker's version of Living Without You I don't know it's uh, I just maybe I like that lineup better than the first one it's hard to say <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of kind of. I'm I'm. I was always I, I much preferred the the kind of Stevie period uh, in general. Even even though I mean the Berserk. I mean that album's great. You know. Yeah. I mean it, I mean it's such a. Even now it still sounds awesome, and the, the songs are awesome. You know, the first album's a lot kind of you know it's trashier raw. and it's raw and, yeah. and it's raw and it's yeah. because there was about you know in, in comparison to the the amount of money that they had to spend on Berserk. I mean they yeah. they recorded young and crazy on nothing but um i just preferred that that kind of young and crazy sound really so i'm always every time every time you know we're coming up with a set list for the shows i'm always trying to get some more young and crazy songs into okay. the set I, I you know what i've never asked you that question what your preference was because I, I never thought to ask that because but um yeah i, I don't I know a- i'm gonna have to play them back to back and decide because i do really like young and crazy i just like the feel of it the rawness of it I like Berserk a lot as well. So it to me, it's like two different bands almost. It, yeah, I mean that's exactly what what it to me that's what it was because I was introduced to the band on Berserk and and um, 
and you know bought that album first and then kind of started hearing about the fact that they okay this band used to you know also had a, an album prior to this with a different singer yeah and it was a complete almost like a completely different sound which to me even though you know you look back on that first album and all the songs are written by you know jay pepper and stevie james i think stevie had quite a lot to do with that album because of just how different berserk sounds yeah. without him you know yeah. and obviously when it got to berserk and you look at songwriting credits on berserk it that it's credited four ways so I, I think everybody was a lot more involved but i think for that that kind of young crazy sound and that style i think stevie w was quite a big part of of how that album came out you know wow i actually had talked to stevie recently about six months ago about coming on the show and talking about young and crazy and then somehow I didn't get back to him and then he didn't respond back to me. So sorry, Stevie, I apologize. I got busy. But I would have loved to to pick his brain about that album and, and to talk about it, right? Would have been yeah, cool. Yeah, it, it, it was great. I mean, I, I actually, um, I, I played in Stevie's band for a very short time back in uh, 2009. Um I don't know whether you're aware with that. He he put out a solo a, a solo album. Private Hell. Um, that's the one. Yeah, that was a great album. Yeah, that it was really so was. Good. It was a great album. Yes. And I was, um, yeah, it was kind of a, a weird thing. I was kind of uh, at the time. I was. Um, it was it was around the time when I was living in America. For th I lived out in the states for three years, but but I was sort of I I, I was back in the UK for for. Um, I think I had some. I had to come back to the UK for something, and, and I had to kind of wait in the UK to get my visa to go back to. So I was back in the UK for about six months, and in that time, um, yeah, I kind of. I don't know. I can't remember how it came about, but we ended up doing. He had a, a band um, that he he. We didn't do a lot of shows, but um, but I remember I definitely remember going to. We did a, a few shows in Scandinavia. I played. I uh, played rhythm guitar for him um in that band so we were playing those songs the, the private hell songs you know because it was his private hell you know the, the, yeah it was the year that that album came out so uh so yeah i was in his band for a while and um i loved it you know because i was i, I was a big fan of his you know i thought cb was great you know so uh yeah it'd be, it'd, it was cool it was a good time that's awesome i didn't i was not aware of that i don't think we ever talked about that that's cool though that's very cool yeah because i really did yeah. like that album a lot i'm gonna have to listen to it again because i haven't listened to it in quite a long time but I, from what i recollect it was an awesome album yeah i mean it, it was one of my at the time it was one of my favorite albums yeah and um it was just such a good every single song on that album was great and, uh, and it sounded good too uh, so if i recall it did yeah it was chris laney produced the album ah, that explains um, it he's so good uh so and it, i think he co-wrote all the songs and anders ringman as well so it was kind of like a good songwriting team with stevie and it was um yeah so doing those shows i think we only did like two or three like it was maybe two or three shows or whatever but it, it was fun it was good hanging out with him and uh like it like saying you know like we're talking it was good getting getting all the stories from him about you know Tiger what tits. happened back in the day yeah. you know so it was kind of cool yeah oh, that's interesting now we're going to switch gears a little bit a little bit um i have done this before a, a buddy of mine came uh 
local musician, singer named Chad Valier. He's got a band called Valier. They they play locally and they've got a an album deal and everything. And we, we had a discussion about replacement singers, but and and it was a lot of fun. So I'm I thought, you know what, you and I should talk about replacement singers because if anyone's going to know about all these bands, it's going to be you and it might be me. So, <laughs> right. So, because I posted this album the other night, uh, we can start with Britney Fox. I know that Boys in Heat is your favorite by the band. Now, did you think the album with Tommy Paris was good or did you totally gravitate elsewhere, possibly to Dean Davidson's new band, Black Eyed Susan? Uh, no, I, I actually thought um, the, the the third album was really good, and I thought uh, Tommy Paris was uh, was great. Um, I, I, so I, I thought the album. You know, I remember buying the album at the time, thinking this is really cool. I, I loved the sound of that album. I thought it was great. I just didn't personally. I didn't think the songs were quite as good as um, the Boys in Heat. Um, and the first album, we were laughing about the first album the other day. I know um, I love the first album. I just can't, <laughs> I just can't stand that ballad. But apart right, from that, you said you that in that ballad, you are right. I do, I do, I do, I like the double vocal on it. I like when he goes high and he's singing a low. But it's so cheesy. The lyrics are just. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So, uh, and I thought, I thought they got it really. They 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 got it bang on for in uh, on the Boys in Heat album. I thought um, you know the production on that album's great. Like Neil Kernan produced that album, good sounding album, some really good songs on that album. And then uh, and then obviously Dean, I, I was never sure whether he left or whether he was fired. I I, I think he left. I didn't think he, he I don't left. Know. My my understanding was he was already recording the Black Eyed Susan album while he was still in Britney yeah. Fox. Yeah, which I was, I, I remember buying that back in the day, but I wasn't overly impressed by the Black Eyed Susan thing. I like it now more than I did then. When I first got it, I was like, what is this? I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get this. What is he doing? Like, Britney Fox, I loved, because I really loved the first album. And I do love Boys in Heat. I just find, I find it funny. My beef with Boys in Heat is this, is that you've got, so the original single was Long Way to Love, and then on Boys in Heat, they have a song called Long Way Home. And then they on the second side, there's a song called Long Road. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, right. I was always like, why did he do, why did, I'm surprised the label allowed him to do that. Like, you know, this is a little bit too close. So I always, I just, that was one of the things that bothered me about that album. I never thought about that. And it's kind of, you're right, because I, like, I always do, when I'm, you know, writing songs, I always, even if, you know, certain songs, I will have, I will actually change the title of a song because, you know, right. I, I, you know, I can't have two uh, two songs on an album with the word night in them or whatever, or, yeah. you know, it, to me, it's like, you, you bang on, I'd never thought about that before, so. <laughs> and it yeah. was, and, and to put Long Way in two songs, I was like, no one else has picked up on this. This is really weird to me. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But there, I mean, I love side one of that album. Uh, side two, I don't love as much. I find that it a lot of it sounds the same. Yeah. But it's still great. I would never yeah. say it's a horrible album because it is a great album. It's just there is those, those small little, like, 
uh, small little things on there. But I I remember buying the single for Dream On when it came out. I had a, like the cassette single. And I just loved that song. I thought it was a great song at that time. But again, I was 14 years old too. So, but that it is a, a, a good song. I think I, I saw an interview with uh, Michael Kelly Smith a while ago, and um, he did some kind of random. Uh, it doesn't do a lot of interviews, but I think he did no. like a random Zoom interview, and he was saying that because the first album went gold. Yeah. Um, and the, the record label were saying, you know, this album's going to do it. You know, you're going to get a platinum album easy. And apparently they were all lined up to do the, the Kiss Hot in the Shade tour. Oh, and didn't they get dumped? Yeah. For slaughter? Dumped. That's right. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> and, he, and he was saying, you know, if, they, if they'd have got the, uh, the Kiss tour, then obviously that probably would have, you know. But in the end, I don't think, uh, I don't think it... Boys in Heat went gold. I think it was. I don't was think it a, did. It was a bit of a flop. Yeah. It was really funny because I was it, on my Facebook stuff the other day. I was kind of alluding to the fact that that the end of 1989, just this slew of albums came out. Like you had uh, the Britney Fox album. Michael Monroe had come out. I know you're not a big fan of him, but that album was out. Alice Cooper Trash. Steve Stevens' Atomic Playboys. Uh, I think Kiss Hot in the Shade came out in the fall. There's like this this whole slew of albums. And yeah, I Danger d- Danger, Warren. Yeah, know. I just think there was too bands. much, you know what I mean? And people just couldn't buy everything. Yeah, yeah. And I think, if I remember rightly, I think they came over to the, to the UK, actually, on the, the boys in... They, were, they opened up for uh, Alice Cooper uh, on his uh, trash tour in uh, the UK. Right. That'd be uh, cool. If I remember, it was, it was Alice Cooper, Great White, and Britney Fox. Um, That's a good But one. I was sort of a, a little bit too young to go to that. Right. I was like 12 years old, so yeah. it was a little bit... But... Um, but yeah, back to your question. Yeah, I, I was, I, you know, I, I thought Tommy, uh, Tommy Paris did a, did a, a great job of, of replacing him. Um, you know, and he, he had a similar kind of voice. You know, he could, he, um, you know, probably, you know, he's, he, he was probably, uh, he, he probably sang those songs a little bit better because after a while, kind of <laughs> Dean Davidson's voice would kind of grind on you a little bit, you know, so... I remember seeing the first review I ever read about Britney Fox on the first album, and they, they kind of compared him to Udo Dirk Snyder with razor blades <laughs> in his mouth or something like that along those right. lines. Yeah, that, like, ma- that makes sense. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want to hear this. And then finally I heard, I saw the video for Girls School, and I was, I was like, okay, I like these guys. These guys rock. But <laughs> it's so funny. But I like Tommy Paris. Um, I think there's some good songs on that album. Uh, what's the um, "Look My Way," which I thought was a great ballad. I thought that was a great yeah. song. "Louder," the first video was a great song. Yeah, um, "Louder" was great. And "Midnight Moses," I thought was, which was a cover by the Sensational Alex Harvey Band, I believe. And I thought, right. I thought that was a great song. Uh, there's a few others that I really thought were really good on it, too. I thought, um, I mean, they changed labels. They went to Atlantic, a, a subsidiary of Atlantic East-West, I think it was. And mm-hmm. um, it's amazing that, I guess, Columbia must have dropped them after uh, Dean Davidson left. 
and yeah right and then so they had to start all over again with a new singer and get a new and get a label which yeah yeah and and they were struggling i mean it was that time of when everything was kind of winding down so it was kind of yeah, it wasn't the best time to be Britney Fox, I, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't think so. And and when I got it, I I was excited. I'm like, okay, new singer. What's this going to be like? Really dug it. Thought it was a little bit heavier. Um, liked what they were doing. So, I mean, I still listen to it quite a bit. I think I, I still listen to all three of them. I like all three of them anyway. So, I, I, they're kind of on heavy rotation for me. So, Yeah. Yeah, they were a good band. I Unfortunately, uh, the the Cinderella comparison was there too, right? Because obviously Michael Kelly Smith coming from uh, Cinderella and the original drummer who passed away were both in Cinderella and got let go, which is a wild story too, right? They got let go. The the label didn't like them apparently and they had been in the band for like three or four years, right? That's right, yeah. It's weird because I, I actually out of those two bands, I prefer Britney Fox out of those two two bands. Um, yeah, I, it, they were kind of like always. It, they, I guess in a way, kind of marketed as as a Cinderella um, type of thing. Yeah, because Cinderella by that point had took off and sold a, a few million albums. So it's like, okay, well, this is like the 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 new Cinderella coming through. You know, as if, yeah. as I suppose. You know, Warrant was the new poison at the time. That's right. This is Columbia's you know. version of Warrant and Columbia's version of Cinderella. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. But it's funny because you 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 mentioned about Cinderella. Cinderella. I like. I prefer listening to Britney Fox now. You know what yeah. I mean? And you're right. I'm kind of like. I think probably because I listened to so much Cinderella when I was young. That I'm like, eh, I did, you know what? I'd rather listen to Britney Fox now. It's it's kind of one of those weird things. Yeah, I agree. I better songs. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you too. Mm. Now mm. it's funny because talking of that Britney Fox album, the same day that I bought "Bite Down Hard," I bought this album, which is "Danger, Danger, Screw It," which I know is one of your favorites. Um, were you cool with Paul Lane as the band's new singer after Ted Pauley? <sighs> You know what? I, I I really wasn't into Paul Lane at all. Um, it was it was a strange thing because you know, like we've talked we talked on the last show. I mean, um, Screw It is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, I love it, and it was I just <laughs> I just loved everything about those first two albums. You know, they, they to me they were kind of like the ultimate hair metal band you know they had every if you kind of were to write a list of what a hair hair metal band is they ticked every single box um so you know obviously ted ted was gone and then i then i i think what what really caught me off guard was the fact that at the time i remember seeing in metal edge magazine there was these pictures of paul lane steve west and bruno Ravel. And uh, Steve West had cut his hair. Oh, yes. This and, is the John era, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. And they've all got beards. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on to my favorite band? You know, and I'm just kind of, <laughs> I, who are these guys? You know, what is going on? And then, you know, they, they've got a new album coming out called Dawn. Ooh. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound very much like Danger Danger. No. And then he started talking about some of the song titles. Helicopter. And I'm like, oh, my God, this doesn't sound good. <laughs> And then I, I remember going to the record 
sort of buy the CD and picking up the front cover, I'm like, this doesn't look good. <laughs> so it was all just everything. This doesn't look good. This doesn't look good. Finally put the CD on. I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, and it was just so, and it, you know, it wasn't Paul Lane's fault because they had purposely, obviously decided, yeah. hey, let's jump on the bandwagon and go I think they were like pissed off. Else. It's, it's a, yeah. it's, you know, I think the whole situation with what happened with Ted and Cockroach being ready and then re-recording Cockroach with Paul Lane and then a lawsuit from Ted Poley and they couldn't release it and they were just like, you know what, screw it, we're going to do this. Uh, no pun intended on that, but... Yeah, and they're just so pissed off with everything, and, and yeah. you can you can hear that on on the album. So I was aware of Paul Lane before that, you know, because Sticking in uh, your a ear. friend, yeah, a friend, a friend of mine, um, you know, d turned me onto that album probably around about maybe maybe about 92 93 yeah and he said oh you gotta check this out man and it was great because he i mean he just sounds kind of like john bon jovi yeah. you know he's got that kind of gruffness to his voice and that album was great and then um i i get it i got around uh, probably about 94 i got a bootleg copy of um cockroach oh um wow which was obviously not i know they they eventually released both versions and i think it was like 2001 or something like that yeah. they really they, they it was like a double pack cd yeah. with ted's version and paul's version but i actually had a copy of that um wow so i heard all all the songs i love the songs but i just like ah, i i just to me, it just it just didn't really work with Paul singing. I, I don't know why. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, Paul's obviously around doing doing the Defiance now, and he's an incredible singer. You know, he's probably technically, you know, in terms of singing wise, he's he's probably a much better singer than Ted. But he's it's just it just to me it just just doesn't sound right with anybody doing. It's kind of like anybody singing Motley, but Vince, you know, it's just kind of, it's just, a, yeah. I think, I mean, talking about that Motley thing, I think Nikki, Nikki never, Nikki Six does not like to talk about it. And anytime he's usually asked a question about it, right? Yeah. you can kind of tell that he's just like, he wants to move on to the next question because he knows himself that that wasn't Motley Crue. You know what I mean? As great yeah. as the album might be, he knows that that yeah. wasn't Motley Crue. Motley Crue will always yeah, be I, those four guys. You have a lot of bands like that, yeah. And I think, I think he regrets it. Yeah, mm. I think he regrets the fact that they didn't change the name. I think had they changed the name, then it might have been different. But I guess when you have a, a big label like Electra, yeah, I don't think that they they would have got away with that, would they? Really. <laughs> No, 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 and it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate, but but getting back to uh, so that cockroach copy you had was the primarily the Paul one, then the Paul Lane version. Yeah, I had both. Okay. Yeah, I had both. So I had, oh, you did have both. Yeah, okay. so I had Ted's and uh, which I I used to play. It wasn't the best. Ver it wasn't the best copy. Uh, in right. terms of the sound quality, but but um, but I, I nevertheless I played the Ted version to death, and I you know I, I'd love the songs on there. Um, but then I also had a, a, a cassette of of the the Paul the Paul version, and it was just like ah, right. it doesn't really work the same. You yeah, know, see see it's, it's funny to me because there's certain songs 
that I think Paul did great on that album, and I think there's other songs that Ted that more suited Ted, like um, "Sick Little," what Twisted is it? Sick Mind, little Dirty Mind, yeah. Twisted Mind. Yeah, I always thought that that song was heavy enough that it fit Paul a little bit better than Ted. Mm. And then um, "Don't Break My Heart Again." Yeah, I thought that I liked Paul's version better of that. But what was the other ballad? Um, uh, Afraid of Love. Jeez. Afraid of Love, which is an amazing song. I thought that if that had come out with Ted as the vocalist, that would have been a massive hit. Yeah. You know, like, and there, it, it was just funny that there were certain songs that I liked Ted singing and certain ones I liked Paul singing. Mm. I think it's just all a matter of taste, right? Yeah, I think, I think Paul definitely suited that the heavier songs. Um, and, yeah. and Ted probably suited the more melodic, poppy songs, you know. And that's that was what made Ted great, though, because he did have that. He's got that sound, right, to his voice, that nice, yeah, melodic sound. It's a, a right? really nice, sweet-sounding voice, uh, and that's mm-hmm. what he had um, that was kind of... You know, at times, you know, he, it was kind of almost like it. I, I was usually, it, there's occasions when, not all the time, every now and then he would have to be a little bit of Steve Perry in his voice here and there. Right. And a little bit of uh, the guy from Survivor in there. So he's got, it just had that yeah. popness to his voice, which was really, he would totally really did. lend itself to like commercial, you know, poppy songs and, and especially ballads you know those like kind yeah. of sweet nice sounding ballads you know uh whereas or that intro on under the gun like the intro to under the gun off the first album is, exactly me, yeah when i when i hear him saying that i'm like wow man that's so good <laughs> yeah i agree now is it possible that anyone could ever replace sebastian bach in skid row Oof, that's <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, there's been a few, but people just don't want them, honestly. No, you know, they want to see Sebastian Bach. Yeah, yeah, you, you're dead right. I mean, he he was just. I mean, I, I think back then, you know, on those those two. I mean, I, I don't count the third album because again, that was I don't know what the hell that was, <laughs> the grunge album. Yeah, I agree. But those I agree. but those first two albums. I mean, you oh, know, man. he was the I ultimate. Know you know the rock singer superstar i mean he had everything i mean he had everything to be you know and they had everything to be the biggest band in the world you know and they kind of they sort yeah. of imploded you know when they were really on the the point of becoming almost like kind of like guns and roses big you know i mean they yeah, had they say they're they more or less say they're the last hair band yeah the last real big hair band they were really and i think um i mean those two albums are it's such good albums and and like you said i don't think anybody could could really touch sebastian um and nobody could really sing like him i mean if you look at even even in the 80s nobody could really sing like him no the tone and the the just the pure power that he had yeah I mean, he was unreal, and and he came with that attitude too, right? Yeah, that kind of so punk rock. He could attitude. sing. Yeah, I know he could sing like the the greatest ballad, like "I Remember You," or and just put his whole heart into it. And then he could sing a song like "Piece of Me" <laughs> and be pissed off, and 
project it like he was pissed off. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he just had that way or like uh, riot act or something like that where it's, you know, it's got that, that punk vibe to it and he, he could portray that really well. Yeah, he, he was just kind of like untouchable really back then. You know, I don't think any, any singer oh, from that no. era got anywhere close to Sebastian really. And and like you said, ever since, I mean, they they've... I mean, how do you replace somebody like he, he, you know, you just don't, you know, and, they, and they've gone through a few singers and, you know, they all kind of muddle their way through the songs. You know, I've been to see Skid Row with, with all of, you know, I don't know, was it two or three, probably been about three singers. Well, Johnny Solinger. I, I, yeah, Johnny Solinger, Tony Hernell. Yeah. And now ZT Threat. Yeah, so I've seen, I've guy. seen him with the new guy and I've seen him several times with, uh, Johnny Johnny um, Solinger before obviously he died, and it's kind yeah. of it's just yeah it's kind of they they get through it and they they sing the songs okay but it's just it's not the same you know it just is not the same uh, and I don't think they they will ever be able to replace you just can't there's certain people you just can't replace you know simple as that yeah and he's he's one of those guys and it's so unfortunate because I I have seen the band with. Solinger, I saw them twice. I saw them twice with CT Threat. And the energy is there from the songs. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's still there. The band still got lots of energy, but it's just it's like, okay, this is this is really good. But imagine if Sebastian were here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like just you just you just know. I mean, I saw Skid Row with Sebastian uh, in 1991 with GNR. Wow. And and man, it was like Slave to the Grind had just come out or it was just coming out. I think it had just come out. Monkey Business was huge on the radio at the time. And man, like to see those two bands at the height of their career. Yeah. It was, it was, it was special. It was, it was unreal. Yeah. I can imagine. And Izzy was still in GNR too. Izzy was still with Guns N' Roses. Sorum was playing drums. But Izzy was still there, and then he was gone within three months, I guess. Right. I know all the fans want it, and Sebastian wants it, and I think the problem is he keeps wanting it so bad that <laughs> that they just won't do it. I don't know. <laughs> I guess there's been negotiations. And I think he's just... Apparently, he, he's just a nightmare to deal with. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think. And you, when you see him in interviews, he, he, you can see... You can see that. <laughs> yeah. You can I see. Know, and it's so unfortunate. It's like, buddy, like you've got, you could make this happen. Yeah. Just, 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 you know, calm down. You know, you don't have to be, you know, up, up to 10, 24 hours a day, you know, just save it for the yeah. stage, chill out and everything exactly. will be fine. <laughs> you know, exactly. Do it for the fans. Yeah. Like, I'd love to I, see I hate it. to say it, but I, I would pay, the, you know, like, keep, you know, yeah, it's like, Come on, man. Just keep your mouth shut for the fans. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hate to say that. If you ever heard this, you might want to kill yeah, us. Yeah, well, it's true, though. That's what I mean. And that is the, the one thing that's stopping it. Because if, if he was a guy that was easy to deal with, there is no way yeah. that Rachel and Snake would turn down the money that they will probably get to do yeah. a full-blown yeah. original lineup oh, reunion tour. Um, it's just because they don't want to deal with them. It's as simple as that, you know? Yeah. It's like, I mean, and this is on a way smaller scale, but in Toronto, we would love, there is a lot of us that would love to see a slick toxic reunion 
because they were like a big band here in Toronto mm. at one time. And it would be amazing to see that. But it's just one of those things that I don't think is ever going to happen, unfortunately. Ugh. But I think, I think on a Toronto level, like if they played here, they would probably sell out like a, a smaller venue. Not, a, not like the ACC, but a bigger, like one of those in-between venues. I think they would do very well. Yeah, yeah. It'd be amazing to see. So you are familiar with Slug Toxic, oh, of course, right? of course. Yeah, yeah, I love that band. I, I figured you were. Yeah, yeah, they were amazing. What What about Sven Galli? Are you familiar with yeah. them? Yeah, yeah, I, rem I remember those guys. They they kind of came out in like ninety two. 92, 93. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember they, they had a bit of a push over here in the UK with um, that first album. Um, yeah. Tide-Eyed Skies and uh, Under the Influence. Under the Influence. Yeah. yeah. And they were cool because they I remember at the time it, it was when everything was kind of winding down with that kind of music and it was almost like, ah, oh, the, the, you know, the, the last gasp of that kind of stuff. I know and they, they were kind of very skid row sounding and you know and um I think they came over they did uh I, they toured over here I think um around that time I think they, I can't remember who they were opening for but they definitely toured with somebody but um yeah I would I, I'd love that album that album's great oh it was very good they have a new album coming out actually oh no way um, I didn't know about that yeah and they have a version of Triumph Spellbound okay. that they've done a cover of. Um, I think it's available on YouTube. That's good, yeah. So they they came on the show probably about six months ago. I had Dave Wanless and Dan Varga, the drummer, on the show. Mm. Um, great guys, and they were like, and now they're gearing up for a new album. Um, I believe Andy Kern. Are you familiar with Andy Kern? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, I believe he might have produced it. Oh, cool, because he had... I, I was actually listening to some of his stuff the other day. On uh, He had his solo album from... License to Love? Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, great. Isn't that a great album? I'd never heard of yeah. him before. Um, I just... Oh, no. Yeah, I kind of like stumbled across him on YouTube, and I was kind of like, oh, this is really cool. You know? Yeah, they, that did very well here. He won a Juno. He did very well. He's a he's a super nice guy. Really down to earth. Really awesome guy. Um, I've had him on a couple times and really love Andy and always loved his music. I mean, he was in a band called Coney Hatch. Yeah. Uh, before, yeah. So, and you're familiar with that. Yeah, so. I, I did a bit of research because I was um, uh, I can't remember the name of the song. And I was did that. It, it I guess it, it just come up from what I've been watching. It was the um, no tattoos. Is that the song? Something like that. Yeah, no tattoos. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I kind of like found his album. I was like, this is great. And I, and but I wasn't aware who who he was until I googled him. And then I was like, ah, yeah. okay, now this makes sense. So uh, yeah, that's sort of like a new discovery for me in the last sort of like month or so. Oh, that's awesome! I'm I'm so glad to hear. I'm sure he would be happy to hear that <laughs> because you know he he's talking about well during COVID was the 30th anniversary of that first album, and he was telling me that he wants to go play some gigs playing that album, the whole album. Oh wow! Yeah, which would be which would be fantastic, fantastic. So. That would be great. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here's a scenario, and this isn't a real scenario, but um, I'm sure you recall after Dog Eat Dog that Janie Lane left Warrant to pursue a solo career, but came back. 
my understanding right from Roxy Blue Singer, right from his mouth, Todd Poole, he was working with the band in the time that Janie was away. I'm not sure if you're aware of that or not. Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Imagine what that would have sounded like. I mean, no disrespect to Todd because he's a great songwriter, but I mean, there's only one Janie Lane too. So I just, apparently Todd told me that there was music released in Japan. I've never come across it, but I would love to hear it. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I, I love Roxy Blue. Um, I, I absolutely that that was kind of like one of the last albums from that era wasn't it i know with, yeah and you have it on vinyl uh, yeah i do you know i remember that was kind of like in 92 it was it was it was that uh roxy blue and um and wild side were my two sort of go-to albums yeah. i know exactly and um exactly. i'm so envious that you have that on vinyl because <laughs> that is that thing's it's expensive like it's you're looking at three four hundred dollars for it now. no way <laughs> oh yeah yeah man like you might want to put that in a safe wow yeah i i'll i'll, I'll t yeah i'll take a picture for you um yeah i'd love to see it i know todd has one he has one too he says he's hardly ever played it yeah um he puts it on occasionally yeah yeah i mean i god i probably haven't played it on vinyl for for a long time but um yeah, I mean, I think Todd probably would have done quite a good job of doing the. I think of, so. Uh, I think so too. Like you said, again, there's only one Janie Lane, but I think you know, I, you know, I mean, he was such a such a talent, but I I think uh, you know, replacing Sebastian was one thing. Replacing Janie's, you know, it still would have been yeah. a tough thing, but I think he. They'd they'd have searched long enough. They probably could have found someone to, to um, obviously not for the songwriting, but to sing the songs. You know what I mean? I think I think yeah. Todd would have done a really good job of of doing the one. I think stuff. so too. Um, I think he would have done a great job because he is full of energy too. Yeah, you know, and another guy who who would have been great singing for Warrant would would have been Jesse from uh, South Gang. Oh, yes, for sure. Absolutely. Jesse Hart. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he would have nailed yeah. the, the Warrant stuff. You know, he had the, that range and um, he would have, uh, you know, yeah. he'd have been a, to me, you know, back then, if I'd have been like, you know, Jerry Dixon or whatever, he would have been sort of like, you know, between Todd Poole or Jesse Hart. He, those, those were the two, would be the two guys I would have been calling up, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think at, I think at that time, South Gang was done and uh, Butch, uh, I think Butch was carrying the torch of doing Floyd's Funk Revival by that point. Right, yeah, and Jesse probably wasn't probably wasn't doing anything you know and he was uh yeah he had such a great voice uh he, he, he was oh did he ever man he was so good he was a great singer yeah and i mean those two south gang albums i really enjoyed i i like the first one i think more than the second because it was more the melodic uh music right like they went yeah. a little bit heavier on the second one yeah yeah, me too. I, I was uh, all all about the Tainted Angel album, oh, definitely. Great song, "Shoot Me Down." Is that one of the songs? That's the one. Russian Roulette and oh, man. Aim for the Heart. Yeah, yeah Aim for the Heart. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put. <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to that tonight. Now, <laughs> there you go. That's a great album. Now, now here's before I let you go. We got one more interesting take. I and I'm not sure if you're a fan. Were you a fan of Dokken at all? 
I, I was kind of I wasn't the biggest fan. I mean, I had all the albums, um, but I wasn't like the biggest fan. Okay. Um, I had a feeling that they, you may they, not have been. So. Yeah, I think I think for me they weren't sort of commercial enough. Right. They, um, you know, they weren't kind of hooky enough for me. But I mean, I, I had. Don't get me wrong, I had all the albums. Yeah. You know, I'm very much aware of them, and obviously George Lynch is uh, oh, an incredible guitar incredible. player. I mean, he yeah. was the star of the band, but um, but no, I wasn't the biggest Dokken fan. Okay, well, this is my interesting take, and I don't know if you saw this on Facebook, but I proposed it on Facebook a few weeks ago. I said, had Dokken not broken up, if you took the best songs from the first, from Wicked Sensation, the Lynch Mob album, and Don Dokken's Up From The Ashes solo album, and then took Walk Away, Beast from the East never existed. And then you put all that together, maybe that would have been the best Dawkins release ever. And I actually did a track listings of the songs that I thought would be would be cool, you know what I mean? And it's kind of <laughs> like one of those real geek moments, but I was just like, imagine if they had never yeah, broken right. up, you know what I mean? And it's like, holy shit. And then some. there's a guy, Todd Long is his name. He played with, uh, oh, what's that band? The Verve Pipe. Right. And, but he's yeah. a big 80s guy. He's in Ghosts of Sunset, the band's called. Oh, and, okay. And he commented, and he goes, he goes, that is like the best album I've ever, like that would be the ultimate album. <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to go put that on my playlist, and I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> like oh that's awesome but you are you're bang on because i mean i absolutely i i loved the first lynch mob album oh, you know me too. um wicked sensation i yeah. absolutely loved it and i really really like the the dong dock and solo album you know yeah, way me too. more than um way more than the docking albums so um so yeah i you know that really would have been a great, a great, a great album. So I probably would have been a massive fan of them if, if that had been I, the case. You know? I think so too, because it, it's just like, it's funny because they separated and those two seem to have gotten better all of a sudden. It's like, yeah. what the hell happened? And so the track listing, I believe I had Wicked Sensation first, River of Love, and then When Some Nights... And then Walk Away were the first four tracks. And then on side <laughs> two, I had um, Mirror, Mirror, and then No Bed of Roses. And the guy goes, the, that Todd guy says, Todd Long says, he goes, just for those two songs together, this is, this is the ultimate album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll never know, but it was fun to think about that scenario. It's like, wow, if that had never happened, geez, imagine what that all, what that band could have been. You, you should have been the, the head of Electra, Tyson. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe I should get have. Get that happening. You know, yeah. Ditch the and stuff. Let's get this album going. That's right. Let's get this going. We'll be an A&R guy. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I'd probably get fired in the first week because I'd walk in and go, you know what? You guys got to get rid of all these bands. They suck. You got to get all, you got to sign new hair bands. Hey, there's this band, exactly, there's right? this band from Europe called Midnight City. You got to sign them first. Yeah, exactly, mate. You, you've, you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it's always a pleasure. And uh, I thank you so much. It, it was a lot of fun. And, of course, I'm sure we will do it again, um, because you know there's always there's always rock there's always hair metal questions to be answered. So, 
Oh, you, you've got it, mate. Yeah, well, thank, as always, mate, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks for having me back on your show, dude. It's been great. Anytime, man. And you have, uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. You too, bud. Uh, okay, well. All right, take care, okay, buddy. Take care, man. Bye. Bye. You're